Hey, Jay. Hey, buddy. How are you doing today? I'm so good. How are you? Very good. It's good to see you again. It's good to see you. It's been a long time. Yeah. Not, it? not that long. <laughs> um, um, so uh, by this point, I do want to say happy birthday to me. Yeah. Yeah. You made it. I did it. You I'm 42. Do you okay. Feel, do, you feel, <laughs> do you feel older? Is it? You know, uh, no. No? No, I feel younger. Oh. Okay. I don't know how to unpack that. Yeah. yeah. No. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, like, that's, I, I hit a point a couple years ago where I was just like, now I'm old. Well, I basically when I turned 40, and I was like, I'm an old guy now. And I just hurt when I wake up. And all of that to that. And then I lost 60 pounds. Mm-hmm. <laughs> not, that, not to keep talking about that, but it is. No, you thing. should. Yeah. Uh, and then I realized, like, oh, I was just fat. That was, it wasn't when I was old. Yeah. I was just fat. And so um, I now wake up, and I feel like I've slept. Uh, I may not feel like I've slept enough because I definitely don't sleep enough, but yeah. uh, I don't wake up sore from sleeping, <laughs> which was the, the, that's that was a thing. The, and I would get like winded walking upstairs. I'm not that anymore, so I feel younger now than I did three years ago. Right. But a big part of that was I'm not that's carrying around an extra sixty pounds. Yeah. Um, yeah, I like my birthday. I'm a big fan of birthdays. I, I really I've never are. had a birthday and felt bad about having a birthday. I've never been one of those like, oh no, I'm doing this. Like 39 was harder than 40. Yeah. In terms of hard, but it wasn't like, oh no, I'm 39. It was just like, oh, like you take stock of life. I, 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 I this is a cultural thing mm-hmm. that I think is shifting, mm-hmm. at least in me. But like, my parents' generation so valued youth mm-hmm. that they did the whole like, oh no, I'm 60. I'm yeah. Gonna, like, uh, it was very much the, like, don't trust anybody over 30, hope I die before I get old. Like, all of those right. phrases that the Who put out there. Like, the boomers were all about, like, youth is important until they weren't youth anymore. And then they were like, youth is stupid. Yeah. <laughs> don't listen to them. They don't know anything. Right. But then, so, like, I watched this old man come into a Starbucks the other day. I was meeting with somebody else. And mm. he was just... Wait. I know that. This old man? This old man? He played one. Yeah. He played knickknack on my thumb. That's, that's kind of gross, but yeah. like, yeah, you should probably report that to somebody. He did a knickknack at a paddywhack, and then he gave a dog bone. Wow! Crazy. And then I, then he just rolled. <laughs> but like, I, I watched this old man come into the Starbucks like he owned the place, yeah, and just total boss. Wait, oh. was it Stephen J. Starbuck? Because it could have been. It might have been. Okay, because yeah. he owned. He does. He own does own Starbucks. the place. Yeah. But like, I want to be the grizzled old man. Like, I don't, I don't mourn my oh, youth yeah, passing. Oh yeah, yeah, being an old man, being a cool old man. Yeah. yeah, like I'm great with that. Yeah, that's fine to me. Like, let's sit around and talk about stories from back in the day. But like, I don't need to bemoan my 40th birthday yeah, coming no, up or no, whatever. No. Like, nah. I have always, again, I've never really struggled with my age. Uh, I've always liked, it. and and the idea of like, what age would you want to be if you could be any age? And my answer has always been this the one. age that I'm at. Yeah. yeah, I love it because I have really, I've loved my life. I do love my life. I love. All of the experience I've had, the good and the bad, everything that's brought me up to this point, I wouldn't change it. I mean, there's a lot of things that I wish hadn't happened, yeah. but they all have happened, and I'm still here. What are you going to do about and, it? Um, and they've helped make me who I am, and I like who I am. And I'm still getting better. There's a lot of stuff I need to work on. But So every year my birthday comes around, it's not like a, oh, no, what have I done? And it's not like I don't have these midlife crises, but crises, crises. I mean, other than that Camaro you're driving out there, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. The, the Miata that I bought. <laughs> Impractical. <laughs> um, no, I think that it's it's just fun. I like being the age that I am. I like the age my kids are. I like the age that my friends are. I like, oh. I like having the experience that I've had. I'm not chasing youth, uh, but I, having lost weight... This is. I'll try to stop talking about this so much, but but I mean, it really does make me realize, like, oh, I don't need to check out now. I don't need to like. There's a lot of parts of my life where it's okay to move aside and to empower other people. That as I'm become, I mean, being a white man who's in his 40s, you're given a lot of platforms. Yeah, like the microphone is put in your hand a lot, quite literally. And so, yeah, and so I have found that I now. I've gotten to the point, which I think is really important, especially for people of privilege, is to use your opportunities to hand the mic to other people. And before they can say, like, no, 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 that's for you. Like, to say, okay, well, I'm going to let this person talk. And so I have found that. But I also was getting to a point where I was like, now I'm just going to, like, sit down and do nothing. (laughs) Like, it's my time has passed. My time hasn't passed. But my opportunity to give other people the platform is certainly there. 
but that still means that I, just because I'm not on the platform doesn't mean that I'm done. Like, and I think that there was part of me that would just kind of recognize like, oh, I just, I will just like observe life from now on, which sounds really sad, but, yeah. but I didn't mean it was, it was met in the least sad way possible, but it definitely was like, I, I was kind of like riding it out and to know that, uh, to see in retrospect how I was kind of doing that and to know that I'm not doing that anymore. Um, at least not, not in the, in the objective way that I was doing it before is, is really rewarding. Yeah. Uh, I do want to highlight again, if you've missed it, uh, I'm still accepting yeah. birthday gifts in the form of song suggestions. So if you have a song suggestion for Tyler, you can tweet it to us. Yeah. Rough the pastor at Twitter. Is it roughing the pastor on Twitter? Whatever I think it is. it's rough the pastor on Twitter. Yeah, rough the pastor on Twitter, roughing the pastor on Instagram. Yep. You can send song suggestions, title and artist. Yep. And I will add them to my 42 playlists, which I will listen to throughout the year. And I'll try to note who gave me what so that every time I hear your song, I think of you. And if I don't yell at you, I will be like, I'm giving you nothing but Nickelback this year. That's good. I'm not going to put it on the list. I recently, uh, a couple of years ago, I decided uh, I'll put everything on the playlist and I'll listen to it once. And if I don't like it, I'll take it off the playlist. Yeah. So generally, if you give me a country song, it's I'll good. listen to it once <laughs> and then I'll get off the playlist. Yeah. Thrown into oblivion because I don't want to hear that. I don't want to listen to a song and get mad every time I hear about it. That's because that's I don't want to feel bad every time I think of you. I'd rather Baby not think of you. Baby Shark. Doo, 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 doo. I like oh. Baby Shark. That one's good. Uh, Jamie Tart. You, you would know that if you saw Ted Lasso. Um, uh, so here is my question. Okay, yeah. My question is this. Last week or a couple weeks ago, we had a question about, about what you would like to know in the future. Right. This is a question about what you would like to know in the past. Mm. If you could ask any question, if, you, if God uh, sent you a, like called you up and said, hey, I'll answer one question to you. Say, a robot genie. Uh-huh. And God's robot if you genie. would like to know why something in the past happened, something that is un, that is ambiguous, you're not sure why that exists, why that happened. Mm. Uh, let's even say like a thing in nature or something like that. What would it be? Could be anything around history. Could be something in your life, a very specific thing or a very general thing. First of all, I think the phrase God's robot genie yeah. would make a great ska band. Yeah, God's like that's, <laughs> that's, that's a great name that for is a ska band. That is definitely a spinoff. From Five Iron Frenzy. Yeah. yeah. Or an album from Five Iron yeah. Frenzy. <laughs> God's Robot Genie, the yeah. new album from yep. Five Iron Frenzy. Coming to you in 1997. Yeah, I am. Um, I, I, I don't know if I have a good answer to this. Uh, well, I'll go first because I Yeah, have, go ahead. I, go I'll ahead, use the TikTok thing of like, I'll go first. Um, <laughs> uh, so I would like to know why wasps exist. Mm. I can. There's a lot of purposes for a lot of different things. I know that there's a very clear purpose. Maybe it, like an entomologist can tell me what this is. Yeah. But I would like to know what is the purpose of specifically a yellow jacket? Would the world be different mm. if they just weren't around? Yeah. Like, uh, what role did they play in the uh, in the food chain? Like, if we just got rid of yellow jackets, like I know it's going to have an impact, but how big of an impact? Could we just eradicate them completely? Yeah. The way we did with smallpox, and everybody would be fine. Because sure. I feel like yes is the answer. Yeah. I have one enemy in life, <laughs> and it is the lowly wasp. It is. It is specifically the yellow jacket who yeah. have attacked me on many occasions. The ground wasp. Yeah. That uh, I think I I may have said this on the podcast at one time I. Rolled over, uh, I mowed the lawn, and I got stung like 40 times oh. by a bunch of wasps. And uh, I ran around the house. They chased me around the house, stinging me. I had to go to the hospital because one of them stung me on my lip. My lips swelled up. I'm not allergic to, bugs, uh, to, to stings. They gave me Benadryl and told me I was okay. And they said, you might be allergic to wasps now. I was like, thank you. And then they sent me a bill for $5,000. <laughs> <laughs> And I called the hospital and I said, I don't have $5,000. And they immediately said, how about $200 or $400? Why didn't we and start like, there? And I was like, I've got two questions. One, I don't, or two things to say. One, I don't have $400. And two, what happened to the other, what, $4,800, $4,600? that just disappeared somehow. Yeah. And $400 for Benadryl is still too much. Uh, I can't remember what I ended up paying for that. But anyway, so my question would be, why? Why are wasps? I think why yours is more fun than mine. Like I, I, so I think life in terms of God telling a story, um, and, and almost every plot point eventually works its way to making sense. Mm -hmm. Almost all of them. Mm -hmm. It's the ones that aren't resolved yet that I'm like, why, 
is that a thing? So like, again, this is heavy, but uh, neighbors of ours across the street uh, are the sweetest, kindest people in the world. Just totally selfless, give of themselves. Uh, and their grandson was living with them. They let him come stay with him after he had some like personal uh, tragedy and heartbreak in his life. And he, super sad story, like he totally got hooked on alcohol and recognized it and took himself off but did so in a way with the the, the detox treatment that messed up his liver mm. like immediately mm-hmm. and he died the kid was like 31 man um and I, you know it why yeah. <laughs> what what yeah. was the point of all that um yeah yeah and like i don't know i don't know I don't, i'm wrestling with that one and if you like it you know like that's not the only story out there, but like, what was that about? Yeah, and where's that story going? Because like, I don't think it's, I don't think it's totally pointless. Yeah, but like, where's that story going? Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Okay, well, on that happy I note, I was gonna say, <laughs> I feel like I really wasp, brought us down there. Yeah. yeah. So I'm Tyler. I'm Jay, and this is rubbing the pastor. Okay, so I mean, I did set us up for the. That's the okay. Topic, that's okay. You know. So the, today is the theology of why. Yes. And we are going. So here's the good news: the Bible has an entire book. I mean, there's a lot of stuff in the Bible that deal with this, but there's specifically a book in the Bible that deals with this that we haven't. We kind of talked about. We talked yeah. around this book. It's a great book. It's one of my favorite books in the Bible, mm. and that is a book called Job, the Job. Book of Job. 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 Are you sure? It's Job and Mission Impossible. Okay. What? In Mission Impossible, they call it job. Do you remember? Uh, no. The first. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> the the in Mission Impossible, the very first one with Tom Cruise, one of the key like secrets is job three fourteen or whatever. They say job. They say job. Oh and my then goodness! Halfway through the movie, he realizes, oh no, it's Job three fourteen. <laughs> like yeah, so dumb. Uh, so the book of Job, which is so here's some interesting book. Blurt. Um, here's some interesting. <laughs> Uh, an interesting fact about the book of Job is that it is the first book of the Bible that was written down. Yes. So even though it's not first in the Bible when you open up to page one of the Bible, page one of the Bible is a bunch of appendices and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, but uh, it's not Genesis. Genesis was not the first one written down. The first one written down pretty definitively yeah. was Job. And talking like archaeological, like yeah. date, the yeah. book. Yeah. It is the very... So, and the interesting thing about that is like, the to put it into perspective, when people realized that they needed to start writing down this relationship between God and humans, the very first thing they wrote down was not how everything started, but this fundamental question of why things happen. Yes. And so that's what the book of Job is. Mm-hmm. I used to hate the book of Job. It used to be my least favorite book. Yeah. The book of Job and the book of Revelation, I hated both of them until I went to seminary mm-hmm. and really started reading them. And so here's the, here's the spoiler of the book of Job. Oh, boy. Going the, right to it. The theme of the book of Job is why. Yes. Like, why, question mark, boom. But kind of more, a little more specific is, why do bad things happen? And if you want to get it more specific, why do bad things happen to good people? Yep. And here's the spoiler of the book of Job. It does not answer that question. No, it does not. But it gives you an answer, but not to that question. Yeah. And so it, there's a lot to say in Job, but it, it raises this fundamental question that humans have been asking since the beginning of writing things down. And it doesn't answer that question. Now, that's not to say it doesn't give you an answer, but it doesn't give you an answer to that question. Yeah. And that is why the book of Job is so important. I used to think that that's why the book of Job was worthless, because it asks this really difficult question and does not seem to give you an answer. And I was like, well, that's dumb. Yeah. So I'm never going to read that book. But the answer that it gives you basically is don't worry about it. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's, it's a whole lot of time invested in telling you you're asking the wrong question. Yep. Uh, and that's that should be telling, you yeah. know. Um, and first of all, the Bible nerd in me wants to point out because Job is troubling, especially in the opening chapters. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Because 
Satan shows up and has a conversation with God. Oh, should we take a should we take a trip trip down the side road of uh of Satan? Oh boy, can <laughs> we? Okay, uh, so this is favorite thing. So here, welcome to Heresy Corner. Oh yeah, uh, Tyler this the Heretic is, like, is not going to tell like you. Jay's hot takes. This is Jay's yeah. hot takes are the, the, sweeping the nation. Jay's hot takes. Yeah. The, this is Heresy Corner, okay. hosted by Tyler. Uh, with with our co-host uh, Jason Fryer. Yes, I don't I don't want to necessarily co-sign you on this in case no, you want no, to say that's word. All right. Okay, so let's talk about. I the... actually, before you even say it, I kind of hope it's something we disagree on because there's very oh, few of those. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We yeah. have it. Okay, so here we go. Uh, the Book of Job yes. starts off. No, it with, doesn't. With okay, this <laughs> with this wonderful scene, very confusing scene. So Job starts off. It tells you about once upon a time in the land of Uz. Mm-hmm. It sounds like a Dr. Seuss book. <laughs> well, that's why I was originally going to say too, just to put this in there. It's a play. It's it is a play. Written as a play. There it are is characters play. and entrances and ideas. And, and yeah, it, there's yeah. prose at the beginning and prose at the end. There's there's the it's like the it's like the Wizard of Oz. There's right. the black and white scene at the beginning and the black and white scene at the end. Right. Where everything is made great at the end, which is kind of tacked on. And but that's then there's important. A, a bunch fig- of poetry in the middle. Yeah. And so um, at the very beginning, it says once upon a time in the land of Oz, there was this guy named Job, and he was great. He did everything right. God loved him. He loves God. Boom. Then the end. The end. And and God one day was having a staff meeting in heaven. <laughs> all of the angels came, all of the heavenly bodies, including Hasatan. Uh-huh. Hasatan is an Aramaic word, which is not a name. Right. It is a title. It is a function. Hasatan means the accuser, the uh, the aggravator, the questioner, mm-hmm. the prosecutor. Or basically the contrarian, yeah. the person who says, "Really, the enemy," that's the, but not even enemy. Like that's probably not a great translation of it because it's not someone who is against you; it's someone who's debating you. Yeah. So it's not. It is not a villain. Like Hasatan, in that sense, is not. So when Jesus says, "Get behind me, Satan," lowercase s, it is saying, "Get behind me, doubter, accuser, get me behind behind me, contrarian person who is saying, who's questioning." Yeah. Like, I don't need that right now. Um, so Hasatan shows up, which gets translated as Satan, uh-huh. big S, yeah. capital S. And so God says, look at, like, at the staff meeting, welcome, everybody. Uh, so let's go through the docket. And hey, everybody, look at Job. Remember Job? He is the best. He just loves me. He's so great. And then Hasatan, kid in the back of the, cor- of the class, raises his hands like, yeah, it's because you give him everything. And God's like, what? Who said that? And Hasatan stands up. He's like, I said it. Of course he loves you because you give him everything. Yeah. And God doesn't say, shut up, get behind me, Satan, or like throw him down or blah, 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 blah. Like not war in heaven or something like that. He's like, hmm, interesting point. Yeah. Hasatan. Let's play with this. Here's the problematic part about Job is that God says, huh, all right, well, let's have a bet then. And Hasatan says, okay, I bet if you took everything away from him, he wouldn't like you. Uh huh. And God says, okay. God doesn't say, no, how dare you? God says, sounds good, the devil, uh, or Hasatan, because it's not the devil, uh, and says, go ahead and take everything away, but just don't hurt him. Yep. Hasatan takes everything away, come back the next day. Uh, like, it takes away, like, all his, like, barns burned down, his kids are killed and everything like that. But Job's okay. And uh, Job still praises God. Come back to the staff meeting the next day. Everybody's gathered. Hasatan shows up. God says, hey, how about this? Let's look at the board. Oh, big board. Job still loves me. Completely. God says, isn't Job great? He still loves me. Hastan raises his hands like, yeah, that's because you didn't hurt him. I mean, like, sure, you took all his stuff away, but if you, like, made him hurt, yep. then he would curse you. God, God, again, doesn't say, get behind me, Satan, or something like that. He just says, interesting point. Go for it. Just don't kill him. And so Hastan goes down, gives him a disease, gives him these, like, sores that he's scraping off with shards of pottery, which is gross. And... Job continues to not curse God, despite yeah. the fact that his family says, go ahead and curse God. God hates you. Yeah. And eventually his friends come and, and tell him, clearly you did something wrong. You need to apologize for it. Um, curse God and die. Yeah. So is here it? is, as we're in this, this sidetrack of Heresy Corner. Yeah. Satan. Yeah. Okay. We have Genesis. We do. Genesis, the serpent shows up. Yep. Serpent shows up, acts as the role of Hasatan. Right. Whereas uh, Adam and Eve are in the garden and they're like, this is great. God gave us two ru- one rule. Don't eat from these two trees. Tree of the garden of good and, or the knowledge of good and evil and the tree of life. Yep. And they're hanging out by the tree. Say, uh, the serpent shows up and says, hey, can you really 
eat from can you eat from any of these trees? You'd be okay. Yeah. And and Eve's like, yeah, we can eat from anything we want except for these two trees. And say the, the serpent says, really? Why would God not want didn't God make everything good? Wouldn't these be good? Why would God not want you to eat from these? Do you think it's because God doesn't love you? Because God's lying to you? Because God doesn't really want you to have power? And then Adam and Eve look at the fruit and say, well, God made it. It must be good, which yeah. is an important part of the story that we leave out, that they say, this is good because God made it, so therefore it must be okay. Yep. And then they eat it because they chose to eat it together. Both Adam and Eve chose to eat it. Yep. And then immediately they realize that they're naked, they have shame, they have all this stuff. The serpent does not make them do anything. Nope. The serpent just tempts them to doubt God. Right. Cut to the book of Job. And everything in between that in which the devil, Satan, does not exist, does not appear right. on stage. So all of the Old Testament, there is no other appearance of the devil, Satan, anything else until Job. Job happens. There is no more appearance of the devil in any of the Old Testament until we get to the New Testament, yep. where the devil, now called the devil for the first time in the Bible, shows up to tempt Jesus. Jesus, and not to control Jesus, but just to say, "Hey, Jesus, yeah. don't you think God wants you to eat? You have power. You should turn these stones into bread." And Jesus, is like, that's not the point. No, thank you. <laughs> and then, well, don't you think God loves you? Why don't you throw yourself off these cliffs so God can save you? Because wouldn't that be great? That's not the point. No, thank you. Yeah. Wouldn't doesn't God want you to be in charge of the world because you're better than everybody else? Why don't you just bow down, and then you'll have control over all this stuff? That's not the point. No, thank you. <laughs> Get out of here. The devil has no power over Jesus, right? just has the power of temptation. right? There is no place in the Bible where there is a story of a battle between the devil and God. There is no place in the Bible where the devil is thrown down from heaven to earth. Nope. That is in a book called Paradise Lost by John Milton. It's an epic poem. It is also in Dante's Inferno. This yep. whole, everything that we know about Satan slash the devil, even Lucifer, comes from Paradise other, Lost. Other stuff. Yes, extra biblical. Like It's like saying Aslan from yeah. the Chronicles of Narnia is an allegory about God. It is not God. And Lucifer, the character, the main character of uh, Paradise Lost, is not in the Bible. Right. There is Lucifer, that word appears, which is Latin for morning star which is in reference to Nebuchadnezzar, who is the king of Babylon. So there is a point where it says, Nebuchadnezzar, you, the morning star, is going to get thrown off of your throne down to the ground, yep. which happens in real life. That is one tiny passage uh -huh. that is not about this big battle between heaven and hell. It is not about the devil being the most favorite angel who then tries to take power away from God. That's all from Paradise Lost. Yep. That's all from a thing that's different than that. So, and this is not... This is from Heretic Heresy Corner. This is not necessarily where I thought this podcast would go. But the question is, who is the devil then? Yeah. And even at the end, even at the very end of everything, in Revelation, it is not a battle between God and the devil. It is a battle between humans and humans. Yeah. And, um, and evil trying to say, I have power, I have power, I have power. And then at the end, when God shows up, it's not a battle between God and evil. It's a battle, like God just shows up and... And basically, I've characterized this at various points. I can't remember if I said this on, my, on the podcast, but it's like, imagine you're at a sleepover when you're in middle school, and everything's crazy, and people are fighting, or like there's a pillow fight or something like that, and a parent comes in, flips on the light, and says, okay, everybody go to bed. Boom. That parent does not come in and pick up a pillow and just start beating kids <laughs> and, and, and victory. It just turns off and says, stop it. Yeah. We're done here. Yeah. That's what happens at the, when God shows up at the end of Revelation, which again, Revelation is allegory anyway. Right. But it's not, it's not this epic battle between good and evil. It's an epic battle between humans and humans until God shows up and says, stop it. We're not doing this anymore. And turns on the light to show you that there is no darkness. Right. That the evil is characterized as darkness. God, good is characterized as light. And if you know anything about science, darkness is not a real thing. Right. It is merely the absence of light. It is not physically anything. It is the absence of light. And so as soon as you bring light into it, it's not that darkness is, is vanquished. It's that darkness is shown to be nothing. Right. And in the same way, evil is shown to be nothing once you have the goodness that comes into the world. So is the heresy then that you don't think there's an actual controlling spirit named Lucifer? I definitely don't think there's a Lucifer. Yeah. Uh, is there a devil? 
And my response to that is, much like the book of Job, that's not the right question. Yes. Who cares? Right. The important thing is that there is a Jesus, there is a God. Yeah. And, it, and is there a, a personification of evil? Is there a temptation in the world that causes us to do, or that, that allows us to do bad things, that, that ju- rationalizes why we want to do other than what God does? Yeah. Absolutely. Is there a force that compels us to do that? No, no, it's uh, it's up no. because I think the phrase "the devil made me do it" allows us to wash our hands of yeah. any responsibility of the bad stuff we do. And so, if I were to, I I would say this: it is safer to live your life as though the devil is not real uh-huh. than it is to live your life as though the devil has control over you. I would agree with that by and large. I, I think the only thing that ever pulls me back, like, do I think there is some sort of force of evil mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. I, i'm not i'm not down with a pitchfork wielding red tail yeah dude yeah and the also devil, not in the bible also no, not in the bible not at all close. nothing even close to that uh and that's, and the, that's in dante and the 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 devil made me do it i'm with you 100 that's just flat out mm-hmm. kicking the can down the mm-hmm. road and, and abdicating responsibility i think the evil in me the, back to a previous episode where i was talking about um that continuum of whether it's God's responsibility or human's responsibility. Mm-hmm. I, the phrase that drives me most crazy in this life is when people say I've lost faith in humanity. Yeah. I never had it. No, we're terrible. <laughs> yeah, we're terrible. Like we are just abjectly horrible. And I know yeah. that because I know me and I am abjectly horrible. Yeah. Like if you give me a hundred choices, I will listen to whatever that voice of temptation is. I, I don't know, 80 out of a hundred times, mm-hmm. right? Like it, mm-hmm. it, that's just my predisposition. I'm constantly fighting against that. Yeah. Uh, so that force, whatever you want to call it, I mean, sin almost feels like yeah. the better term yeah. than Satan or devil yeah. or whatever. Like, I don't need there to be a for- humanoid form thing. Yeah. Um, well, and my pushback, too, is that, one, that's not in the Bible. Right, no. And two, like, even there is evil in the Bible, and there is evil that seems to have a power, but that power is not equal to God. I think the right. problem is right. that we create this Zoroastrian, yin-yang, that there are two gods. Nope. We create it that there's a, a good God that is God, and there's an evil God that is the devil, and they are equal powers, and that we are in this spiritual warfare battle, and like maybe who's going to win? And no. that is not the case. That no. is never portrayed in the Bible as though that is the case of like a battle for our souls. And that is, there is never a doubt that God is in complete control. Right. Now that does raise the question of why, if God is in complete control, then why do bad things happen, which is what we're, we'll continue right. to talk about. But the, the other aspect of it is that when we elevate the power of the devil, we take responsibility off of ourselves, yep. and we take power away from God. Yes. That, that, that if God, I mean, for as problematic as the beginning of Job is, that the devil, Hasatan, in this story, has no power that God does not give to Hasatan. Now, that raises all kinds of existential questions in terms <laughs> of philosophical, like, why would God allow bad things to happen? Which, again, is kind of the notion of what, what Job is about. But either God is completely in control, or God is not completely in control, and that's a far worse situation. Right. It's better to have God completely in control and bad things happen than to have God not in control and bad things happen. It, it, because that means God might lose. Yeah. No, and I, I, I don't think that's heresy at all. Yeah. No, no, no. I, 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 um, the her- I, I mean, the heresy is the, the insinuation that it doesn't matter whether there's a devil or not. Right. And, uh, I mean, just to, to wrap this up, because I think we can get... Uh, that that kind of is its own podcast. Yeah, maybe it's, it we came out of nowhere. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But that, it's a good conversation to have. That, that maybe we'll talk about that more at at some point. But I think that that it's just not as important. No. And I think that there are many aspects of the church that focus more on the devil than they do on Jesus. And it's it's like focusing more on the dark than there is on the light. That as that we should always be looking for the light. And and I mean, Paul tells the scripture tells us this. That like look at the light. Like look for the light. There's always light there that the darkness cannot overtake the light because the darkness isn't real. Right. That even a little bit of light will fill up a room after, after a certain amount of time. And so that notion that uh, the devil made me do it or that God might lose or that, that there's any real fear, the fear of the devil is only as real as the fear of the monster in your yeah. closet, as we talked it, about a couple weeks ago. The unknown. It's the one, devil is the unknown. It's one of those things. That I asked a, a friend of mine that's a football coach a little while ago. I'll get there. Trust me. Mm-hmm. If I took the worst team in the NFL, mm-hmm. which at the moment I think is the Steelers, sad to say, but no, like they just if, won. They won, but mm-hmm. like, but whatever. We'll pick your own seventeen team in the NFL every Jacksonville year. Jacksonville Jaguars is the worst. Y- team. Yeah, <laughs> let's go with them. Okay, and I pit them in a game against Alabama, oh. like the best college, college football, football team. team. Okay, 
I was like, wouldn't Alabama like smoke the worst NFL football team? And this football coach was like, no, no, nope, not even close. Yeah. Like Jacksonville would wipe the floor with them twice over. Yeah, it's this thing that you think, like logically, you'd say. Oh no! This th- there must be power here. Yeah. But anybody that really knows what's going on would go, "No, you nuts!" Like yeah. th- th- they win every time. Yeah. Anytime someone tries to put Satan and God on the same plane, like I don't mind it, even if you have a theology that puts a Satan type force in the world. Like, yeah. Okay, reasonable people can disagree on that, but like, God wins. Period. Yeah. There is no debate, no we discussion. We know the end. Right. That's the whole point of Revelation is not to say, maybe this will happen. It's say like, no, here's the end. Don't worry about it. Right. Yeah. It that and that I think that that it's an important sidestep, side street that we went down. Yes. Again, I'm not saying that there's not well, evil. And I'm not saying that 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 there is and all evil comes down to is fear and selfishness. Yes. And selfishness is fear. And that, like, we've talked about this before, but, but it's an important thing is that no villain thinks that they're the villain. No. Everybody thinks that they're either the hero or that the evil that they're doing is because of extenuating circumstances. It's and justified. that ultimately, and even if it's not justified, it's understandable. Yeah. Like, I did this evil thing that was unacceptable, but here's why I did it. Yep. And it's not because I'm a villain. It's because I was put in circumstances that are where I was given no good choice. Yep. And I, that's why we dropped the bomb on Hiroshima. Not because we're villains. Not like we're the only country who's ever dropped an atomic bomb, but we're still the good guys because right. whatever reason, like that, right. that we can rationalize evil. Well, and that that brings it all to why, right? Yeah. Like, yep, the, yep. I think the reason so many people need Satan is to make sense of the question that Job is trying to tackle. Yeah. Of because God couldn't do that, so there must be right. an equal and opposing power that like. God would never have a hand in evil. Right. So therefore, it must be this this powerful thing that's not us. Yeah. Because we also couldn't be evil because we're good. Right. How could we possibly be the bad yeah. guys in this story? So yeah. the to to bring the Job, if so that you don't have to read Job. Yeah. I highly recommend you do. But it's you a should. Yeah. It's a good book. So one of the interesting things about Job is that he has these four friends who show up, and and a big chunk of the of the book is that first they show up and for a week they do nothing. They yes. do they do the right thing. They sit with him and are just sad with him, and then after a week they they start to. Which come I was up with say, and if the book had ended there, yeah, it would have been great. It would have been great, been a happy. Ending. But it also would have been a fantasy because that's not how the world works. <laughs> that after a while, when we're trying to support people, we do get to the point that we think that we're helping them by trying to explain it. We try to answer the question why because we cannot handle. That's a human, a human desire to know why, and so they start to. And it's the same thing that makes someone say, "Well, when you're in the funeral or, or, or you're a, you're at a hospital and someone just died, and you say, well, God just needed them.'" What a terrible God that is. Or God, like there's another angel in heaven. Nope, that's not yeah. who we are. We're not angels. Like we are, we are separate, unique creations that God has made us with our own spirits and our own essence and our own uh, personhood. And that's not what angels are. Angels Man. are this extension. Angels are like different phone extensions in the same house. Like I know that we don't do that anymore, but like if you remember a time when there were actual Man, you're old, and, Happy birthday, and, man. and if you've ever been in a place where the, you can pick up a phone and there's different extensions it, that all go to the same number, that's what angels are with God. They're yeah. not their own phone line. It's just different extensions of that same essence of like they're it's messengers of God. Um, and so that's why that even the notion of, of Satan being this angel that is opposing God, that, that's not what an angel is. Right. Like an angel is just, it's like having a phone extension called the same number. Like you just can't do it. Anyway, that's an analogy that no one understands anymore. Um, <laughs> or it's like having a hose. It's like if you had two it's Gmail like, accounts. It's like having a hose that you put a divider on. Yeah. And like then you turn on the spigot, and it comes out of both of those sides. Like it's not a new hose. It's just a different extension of the same hose. Right. Or even a hose in general. A hose just like takes the spigot and moves it over there. 30 feet down the way. Yeah. Um, that's what an angel does. Humans are different than that. Humans are, are and God has made us different than God, but God loves us and gave us life in the same way. And we need to recognize that, that we are apart from God, but we come from God. Well, that's, to those trite little things when someone dies, like God must need another angel or something like Mm -hmm. that. I've been working with a few folks in my congregation who are going through some grief, Mm -hmm. and we're complaining about, you know, very well-meaning people saying really stupid stuff like Mm -hmm. that. And my, my sense has always been that it's not for the person grieving. Oh, yeah. It's for the person saying it. To be able to wash our hands of it, too. To be like, well, yep. here's why it's happening. Like the whole phrase, which this is a great phrase that seems really helpful. And on one level, I can get by this until you really think about it, is the phrase, God's never going to give you more than you can handle. It, well, first of all. 100%, that is not true. Not in the Bible. There are so many. Yeah, it's not in the Bible at all. And also, there are 
countless examples of people getting more than they can handle. Yep. And if God didn't give them that, then who gave them that? Right. Well, and, and I saw a friend of mine put up a, a Facebook post, like it was a long one from some scholar somewhere, that God constantly gives you more than he can, than you can handle so that you rely on him. Yeah. Like that's kind of the whole point. Yeah. Um, and we take on more than we can handle. Like yeah. God allows us, I think that that's probably a better way. It's not that God wanted us to suffer, right. but that we wanted to think that we didn't need God. And so we take on more than we can handle. And then we look at God and we're like, why is this happening? And God's like, because you took it on, but I'm still here to help you. So I will help you. And they're like, no, I can't handle this. It's like, I know you can't. That's why I'm here to help you. But we're like, but I should be able to do this on my own. Why did you let me do this? It's like, I didn't just but come here. I, I mean, I let you, but I want you... So God is constantly trying to help us, but we're constantly trying to say, I shouldn't need your help. Why Why am I suffering? Yeah. There, there was a great video the other, I watched the other night. This We're all over the place, yeah, but yeah. I like it's good. It's yeah, good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, this ultra-endurance bike pack racer uh, named Lael Wilcox, if you don't know her, look her up. She's incredible, if only because she is positive all the time mm-hmm. in ways that don't make sense. Mm-hmm. But in the most recent video she did, I mean, ultra endurance, she did 2,706 miles of the Great Divide Trail Mm -hmm. in 14 days. It's 200 miles of biking a day. Um, That's a lot. It's a a lot. lot. Yeah. Uh, And she said people keep coming up to her and say, oh, you must love suffering. And she took such offense to that line of thinking because she said, I am choosing to do this to myself. That's not suffering. No. Suffering is, and it was, she was doing this while the wildfires were going on, and she was rolling through all these communities mm-hmm. where mm-hmm. their dependence is on clean air and clean water, mm-hmm. and they don't have it right mm-hmm. now. She's like, that's suffering. Mm-hmm. They didn't choose that. No. So a lot of times when people are like, oh, God wouldn't give us more than we can handle, so I guess I can take on one more PTA assignment, or <laughs> I can do one more soccer tournament. It's like, no, no, that's not suffering. That's you choosing yeah. the lifestyle you're leading. Yeah. And if it feels like suffering, stop. Yeah. Just stop. Yeah. Uh, and, well, and then and then the harder thing of that. Sorry to interrupt you, but no, like no. the some, the person with cancer or the person yeah. with a child with cancer, they like, didn't choose this. Yeah, and like God's not going to give you more than you can handle. That means that if you can't handle it, that's on you. Yeah. Like no, no one should have to watch their child die. Right. So why does that happen? And that brings us back to Job. It brings us back. And so to why. what happens in in the in the book of Job? I mean, at this point, just to bring us back to where we were. Yeah. yeah. Is that his friends start to say. Well, here's probably why it's happening. You probably did something wrong mm-hmm. that you just didn't understand. And so you just need to like admit that like you did something wrong that you didn't understand and just ask for forgiveness and then God will stop punishing you because clearly God is punishing you because yep. that's the only way the world can work is that bad things only happen to bad people yep. and good things only happen to good people. And either you're a good person and so only good stuff should happen to you or you're a bad person and only bad stuff should happen to you. So bad stuff is happening. Either you have made a mistake or God has made a mistake. And so Job's friend, uh, Eliphaz, is one of the ones who says, clearly you've made a mistake. So yep. just apologize. And you just didn't realize it. So just apologize. Say, I'm sorry. I did something wrong. I didn't see it. And forgive me. And then God will stop punishing you. And Job comes back in a non-arrogant way, but in a confident way, because we know this to be true, because we know yeah. the beginning of the story, is that Job didn't do anything wrong. Right. Job's not being punished. Job's being tested right. for whatever, like, or bet upon. I don't know what's going yeah. on. But, and Job says, but, but I didn't do anything wrong. Like, I know, I know for a fact I didn't do anything wrong. And again, not in there, like, I'm perfect. But like, just saying, like, I know, I know because of the story, because that's the nature of the story is that I haven't done anything wrong. So clearly God has made a mistake. Not that God is evil, but that God has made a mistake. And if I could just talk to God, yeah. if I could figure out what the number is, it's like trying to, to call Amazon. Have you ever tried to call Amazon? Oh, I you can't, can't You can't physically call Amazon. And if I could just get in touch with someone, I could explain to them that they sent me a, a box with nothing in it. Yeah. There's no, the form that they have, I can't write that down. But if, I, if they just understood it, then they would give me a refund. Yep. And, and if God just, if I could just talk to God for five minutes and just say like, hey, I haven't done anything wrong, God would say, oh, geez, sorry. Uh, here, yeah, I'll give you everything back. Yep. And the, the, the frustrating thing when I first read it is that Job finally... Job doesn't curse God, doesn't curse God, doesn't curse God. A, a guy come, called Eleazar comes in at the end who's a kid who says to the four friends, like, leave him alone. Yeah. Stop bothering him. Yeah. You guys don't know what's going on. God is good. And stop telling him that God is bad. Stop telling him that he's bad. Like, sometimes bad things just happen. Like, Eleazar is the voice of reason. And I and love that he's a kid. And he yeah. just walks by. He's like, shut up, you idiots. Leave this guy alone. Can't you see he's suffering? Stop, stop trying to explain things that you don't understand. You don't know what's going on. It's great. Eleazar is my, one of my favorite characters in the Bible. But then... Job finally says to God, why? Yep. And God says, in a really, like, very, very bad, like, bedside manner. (laughs) 
God says, oh, you think you're so smart? Yeah. All right, you want to you want to you want to deal with this? Gird up your loins, which is basically oh, so. Gird up your loins a is good line. So, gird up your loins is a phrase that when people would wear tunics, mm-hmm. uh, if you wanted to run, it's hard to run in a dress. It's hard to run in a tunic. Girding up your loins would you you would pull the the tunic through your legs and like tie it around your waist, so to to form this like dress basically into shorts, shorts, yeah. so that you could run. And so that's literally what girding up your loins means, like tie up your thing around your waist and he's like okay you want to you want to scrap let's scrap like you want to go yep. let's talk about what you know tell me where the snow came from oh you don't know yeah it's because you're an idiot guess what <laughs> i know because i made it tell me where the cedars of lebanon came from yeah. oh you don't know because you weren't here when they were tell me who made the mountains tell me about the leviathan this terrible thing in the in the sea that you don't even know about tell you oh you can't tell me about that tell me about the behemoth oh you don't know about that guess who made that stuff me that terrible stuff that is worse than you can ever imagine, I'm bigger than that. And so stop your whining. <laughs> Trust me yep. that I know what I'm doing because there is nothing in the world, in the universe, that I did not create. And there is therefore nothing that I cannot save you from. Yep. And so if you believe that I love you, if you believe that I am going to help you, then don't worry. Or at least don't question me because you can't understand it you're and basically on one level it's god saying like shut up and on another (laughs) level it's saying you just not you're not going to get it right it's just too big for you it is akin to when you have a child who gets stung by a bee who is five years old and there's nothing that you can say to that child to take that pain away right but to say you'll be okay yep or like a child who has their heart broken like a, a teenager or something like that. And you say, like, I know that right now it doesn't feel like it, but trust me, it'll get better. Yep. And the, and you just have to trust me that, like, you'll be okay. And everything, all of the evidence in that moment makes you feel like you will never feel love again. You will never feel happiness again. You will never stop hurting from this pain. But you just have to trust that the person who's there to protect you yep. knows what they're talking about. Yep. And they may not be be taking that pain away right now, but they know something that you don't, which is perspective that in the end, it will be okay. And that's, that's what God, God is a parent in this. Yeah. And it does end, sorry, I, this, no, no, just, okay, to, just okay. to wrap this, the, the narrative of Job up. It does end with Job finally saying, I'm sorry. Uh, I know things still suck. It doesn't end with things being okay. No, it doesn't end with that. I know, not, I really wish it did. Yeah, it shouldn't end with that. There's a fake ending to Job. We'll talk about that in a second. But it, the real ending of Job ends with Job saying, I, I'm sorry. Yep. And uh, I didn't think about that. And I do trust you. And so I take comfort in my ashes. I take comfort even as I suffer that you are with me. It is Psalm 23. Yep. That I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. I have no fear because you are with me. Um, that even though I'm suffering, even though you, you, you set a table for me in the presence of mine enemies, I know that you are with me. Um, which follows Psalm 22, which is, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? You are gone, but I know that you're here because you're bigger than all of this. And so that's Job at the end of Job saying, like, stuff has not been solved. Everything still sucks, but I know that you are bigger than this stuff, and I believe you when you tell me this, and I'm sorry. Not not that I should feel bad about that, but I also, I do trust you that you haven't explained why, because I can't understand it, but but I in the midst of asking why, I forgot that that even if I can't understand why, that, that the reality is that you, that this suffering, you have shown me that you're bigger than this, everything, that there's nothing that can happen to me that you can't rescue me from. Right. And I need to trust that. That's, I, I may not understand the why, but I do know that, that it'll be okay yeah. because you, you promised me that. And that's, you know, I was thinking about it. We've had a bunch of tangents in this podcast that, mm-hmm. that have almost been, the way life works. When yeah. something suffering and unbearable happens, well, it must have been Satan. No, yeah. that's not right, because that still leaves me with why. Yeah. Well, it must have been this over here and this suffering, and no, that still leaves me with why. Like, yeah. That's the way human experience is. Like, We yeah. try to make sense of it so much. Or just that there's evil people in the world. It's like, right. yes, we are all evil people. Yeah. So why is it that some people suffer and some people don't? Yeah. <laughs> that's, you know, one of your questions earlier, the, the, why do good things happen to, or why do bad things happen to good people? It's like, there are no good people. Mm-hmm. So like, And then maybe... why do good things happen to bad people? Because 
good things happen to everyone. There's yeah. a beautiful thing where Jesus says that the ra- God sends the rain on the righteous and the unrighteous. And we read that to be like, yeah, sometimes it sucks for everybody. But what God is, what Jesus is saying in that is talking to an agrarian society of yeah. farmers in which rain is the best thing sometimes possible. Sometimes it's good. So yeah. rain is always good when you're a farmer. Yep. And so, and Jesus is saying this. And so, but what Jesus is saying is that God causes the sun to shine, which is good when you're a farmer and God causes the rain to fall on the righteous and on the unrighteous. So what Jesus is saying is God causes good things to happen to good people and bad people, and God also causes good things to happen to good people and bad people. Neither of those things are bad. Right. Uh, And and so it's basically, it's not saying what we usually read that as sometimes good things happen to good people and bad people, and sometimes bad things happen to bad people and good people. What Jesus is just saying is God sends good things to everybody. Everybody. Yeah. And it's, yeah, I mean... So for as much as we try and make sense of it, like I have played the Joe back to my horribly depressing, what would you like to know story from the beginning? Mm-hmm. Like, I may not get an answer to why that guy died. Like, it, yeah, it very likely won't. Like, it, I don't know the Holo- w- Holocaust. Yeah, like still war babies. Like the, all, all, there's so many terrible things that just to try to put meaning behind it is really just like dangerous. Yeah, and kind of gross. Yeah. To say that God wanted the Holocaust to happen, or that God wanted this guy to die uh, at 31, or to, yeah. or wanted all of the unborn babies to to die, like stillborn yeah. babies or babies that were born with defects, or like babies that were unwanted, like yeah. that that God wanted any of that to happen. Yeah, and that's you know I I, don't, I think I've talked about this on the podcast before. Before the twins were born, Sarah and I had a miscarriage, um, and it was very much the same thing. <laughs> My favorite comment ever back to the people try to make themselves feel better by saying dumb stuff to you. Uh, somebody came up to me like a day after the miscarriage and said the following line, I know how you feel, which hmm. first of all, nope, stop. Yeah, no, you don't. <laughs> That's never true. Yeah. Uh, but then she said, I know how you feel. We had to put my dog down a couple oh, years ago. Oh my goodness. And I, <laughs> Holy cow. I had a friend sitting next to me that said, that was the moment I knew you were going to be okay at pastoral care because <laughs> you didn't just immediately kill her. Oh uh, my but it, it's, oh my, my. it's all like trying to make sense of that for those people. But the thing that I have said again and again is that I still don't know why that miscarriage happened. I no. don't know what occurred there. And I've spent my fair bit of time playing Job yeah. and trying to figure it out yeah. uh, and even you know cursing up at the heavens. But I do know for a fact that going through that experience, my faith in Jesus got stronger. Yeah, My trust in Jesus got stronger. And I can't put words to that and make sense of it in any kind of tangible way Mm -hmm. other than just like the only way through that was to trust Jesus more. Right. Like, and so I think that's really it again, like Job is, if you come at Job, like why does suffering happen? You're asking the wrong question. Yeah. Why should lead you to trust? And, and and it's hard to get there. Like it's really hard to get there, especially in the moment. Um, Well, and here's the, the alternative to that, because there's plenty of people that would justifiably say, why should it lead you to trust? Mm. Why should I trust in a God that will allow this to happen? Right. And that's one of the things that happens in, in Job is that yeah. his family comes and says, you should curse God and die. Yeah. Because why would why would a God who loves you do this to you? And that's an excellent question. Yeah. And it's not answered. Nope. And the, the best, not to try to answer that, but the best, what has helped me to maybe not understand, but to, but to be at peace with a God who would allow suffering is to to make a distinction between God's desire mm. and God's will. Mm-hmm. So God's will is what happens. God's desire is different than that. Yeah. God's desire is that we would all live together in peace, that there would be no death, that there would be no suffering, that there would be no pain. Yep. God's will is different. And so let, let's put it this way. And I, I think we've talked about this before. As a parent, your desire is that your child would never be hurt. Yeah. But your desire is also that your child would be able to function on their own. Yep. Uh, and you, you come to terms with that right away when you have a crying baby who needs to sleep. And you have to make the difficult decision of letting that baby Let cry it out. Cry. Yeah. <laughs> I have gone. I thought I was going to go the rest of my life never thinking about that song ever again. Hootie and the Blowfish, baby. Uh, Hootie and the Blowfish. Yeah, all yeah. of them. Uh, my goodness. Um, so, but, the, but, so that's a good thing. And like letting them learn how to walk. Yeah. You cannot 
nobody has ever learned how to walk without falling down. You have to be able to fall down. There, there's a story I remember so distinctly with the boys. Julian had got himself, as he often did, stuck in one of the toy chests. <laughs> and he started to cry about it. I mean, when he was like, baby. Mm-hmm. And my mother-in-law stood up to get him. And I physically reached up, grabbed her shoulder, and put her back down. Yeah. Um, and I was like, nope, he has to get through this. Yeah. And no one in their right mind would say I'm a bad parent in that moment. Mm. Like, that's just, that's what parenting is. Well, like, plenty of people would, but those are bad parents. Right, yeah. yeah. <laughs> right, but like, that's that's the thing, is yeah. you've got to let it happen. And yeah, yeah that's going to suck. Well, and I mean, like, we let all the Domsky kids cry it out, and it was a terrible two weeks mm-hmm. where we thought we were terrible parents that were, that were really scarring our kids emotionally. And all of our kids sleep through the night. Yep. We've never had trouble with like they they go to bed at bedtime. They may sometimes they miss it, but like our bedtime is a normal time. It's every like it's like it was 7:30 for the longest time. It just recently got bumped to 8:30. Hey. <laughs> like and it's and they go to bed. And and they don't struggle with it when they have nightmares. They don't come sleep in our beds, which I I kind of was hoping that that would happen, but we just like we'd send them back to their bed. They go bed in their bed. Like they they've never really struggled with sleep. Now also they're probably predis- predisposed to that, but a big part of it was that we taught them that they were okay, yeah, going to sleep. And you taught them as a baby. And so like part of that is that you, so when your when your child is learning how to walk, they're gonna fall and hurt themselves. Your it is not your desire. Right. That your child would, would get hurt. But it is your will. You allow that to happen. Yeah. Now you create a space. You don't let them walk on broken glass. You don't right. de- let them learn how to walk on the in the middle of the highway. Like you create places that when they do get hurt, they'll get hurt in a way that is safe, uh, that they can handle yeah. or that they can recover from. Uh, and God does that as well. Now, what about like the Holocaust or something like that? That that's where uh, the death has been defeated, yeah. that that is not the final thing, that God still has all of those who have died uh, in an unfair and unsafe way, that their that their story is not over. Yeah, That's the hope that we have. So that God's desire is different than God's will. Yeah, What God allows to happen as a loving parent is different than what God would want to happen as a loving parent. And a huge part of that, the reason why the the tree exists in the Garden of Eden that gives us the choice is that a loving parent is one that enables their child to, to live and to choose and that love cannot exist without choice. We've talked about this before too, but the, the notion that, that God's desire that we would love God and love each other cannot exist. Right. If we don't have the choice to not love God. And, and, and the piece that gets missed in this equation, and Job doesn't help us here with the weird intro between the devil and God, but, you know, and the but, outro that we didn't talk about, just just very quickly. In the end, everything, everything is made. Is like back, God, yeah. Job gets everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But which was added later, by yeah, the way. Yeah, yeah, very that's clearly an addendum. Uh, but back to the parenting example, like when you let the kids cry it out, or when you let the kids fall over while they're learning to walk, like that is downright heartbreaking to the parent. Mm-hmm. Like it, it is, mm-hmm. uh, and we've resolved that. Like it has to happen. Like that, that's we gotta let that happen. But I think part of the why does God let bad things happen to good people? conversation is this idea of a cold and calculating robotic God who does all this terrible stuff to us, or at least lets it happen without care. Um, I don't get that picture (laughs) from Jesus in the Bible and, and the ultimate picture of who God is, right? Like that those choices that we make, those times that we fall, those bad things that happen are genuinely heartbreaking to God. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, and so much so that he chooses to suffer with us. Yeah. Um, well, and it's, I mean, and this is, take this with a very big grain of salt, with a, like, salt lick version, like, yeah. a big block of salt, is, but also there is some pain that is important. Yes. Like, the, the, the why would God let any pain, why would God let bad things happen to good people, gets at the notion that all pain is bad. Yeah, no. That sometimes we need to fall to know that it's okay. I mean, we talked about this uh, at a, on a previous episode where like sometimes you have to fall off the bike yep. to know that you're going to be okay. If you fall off the bike, it allows you to be better. You need to learn how to fall so that you can learn how to run. Yep. Uh, you can't learn how to walk and run if you are afraid of falling. And sometimes falling helps you to know like, Oh, that hurt, but it hurt like this. And yep. so I know what to expect that if I fall that I'll be okay. That I can, I can fall down and it's not like I'll never be able to walk again. Right. And, and that, that notion is is sometimes important. An important part of growth 
is is failure. And, and that if you don't ever let your child fail, if you don't ever let yourself fail, then you'll never be able to grow in, and be challenged and do things that, that make you grow, that make you do things differently. Now, again, here's the grain of salt. Does that justify the Holocaust? No. no. Does that justify this, your, your friend dying at 31? No. no. Like, so not all pain is worth it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, in a in a correction of a misused piece of scripture uh, in Romans, I think it is that God works all things for the good of those who yeah. believe in Him. Yeah, it, my friend, my good friend Ed, who we keep saying we must have on the podcast sometime, mm-hmm. uh, keeps coming back with the corrective that does not mean all things are good. No, no, right? Like th- that's yeah. how people use that. Yeah. It, all things will work for good for the God who believes yeah. in me. So I guess this thing I'm suffering through is okay. Yeah. Nope. No, nope. it's not good that you're dying at 31 yeah. or that, you know, the Holocaust happened. That's not good. God can work them for good. Yeah, God can redeem this thing, but that doesn't mean that it's good that it happened. Right, Like, and that's a huge distinction to make. Yeah. Um, there is, I mean, the, the hardships that I've gone through in my life have helped me become who I am, mm-hmm. but there are so many things in my life that I think I wish that hadn't happened. Yep. That doesn't mean like there is there may have been good that has come as a result of that that I've grown or learned or like had gotten perspective that has been redeemed. Like the I had a sister who died when I was uh, eight. I just turned eight, um, and that perspective on death has helped me have a perspective on death with yeah. other people and the sufferings that I've that I've experienced and the sufferings that I've seen my family experience through that um, have enabled me to have sympathy for others who've gone through that. Now. I don't say to those people, I know what you're going through. Right. Because no, I don't. Because you don't. But it, it will help me to say, I know what it's like to suffer. Yep. And and that has helped me to... Ha- we talked about this, that having personal connections, knowing people's stories, being known, knowing what it's like to suffer helps you to know what it's like to be cared for. Like, when Job was suffering, the best... If someone else had suffered like that, the, what they would know is that what Job needs now is not an explanation. Right. He just needs to know that he's not alone. Yeah. One of the best lines, and this is not a unique thought, but it's from a show called Ted Lasso that you should watch, <laughs> is that there's a point at which they lose a game, and uh, Ted, he's a, he's a coach of a soccer team, and he says, uh, the only thing worse, effectively he says, the only thing worse than suffering is suffering alone. Mm. And, and, and that, is, that is the truth I, that's the gospel truth that is an important thing. And and what God is saying at the end of Job is that you were never alone. Yep. Remember this. I can't explain to you why this is happening, but I can tell you that you are not alone. You are never... You feel rejected. You feel like I'm not here, but I am always here. Yep. And please do not ever worry. And that's what, what Job takes comfort in the end is not like, oh, that makes sense, because it doesn't make sense, but right. it's just, oh, you're here. Yep. I take comfort in the fact that you are here yep. and that you are bigger than anything that can hurt yep. me. And that's, you know, we said the sweet spot, the, the really the only moment that Job's friends are getting it mm-hmm. is that week or so that they show up and say nothing. Mm-hmm. If you want, if you, the two sides of that equation right now, I think uh, if you are with, if you are around someone who is suffering a great deal and want to know how to be a good and supportive friend to them, just be present. Yeah. It is, you don't have to say anything. <laughs> you probably shouldn't say yeah. anything. You don't need to do anything special or, or it, it, just be. Yeah. Uh, it, it is nine times out of 10 more than enough. Um, and if you are the one suffering, <laughs> get a community. I mean, for as much as this little podcast community exists, we'll suffer with you. Yeah. Uh, that's what church is for, to have yeah. people just suffer alongside, you know, like be in a place where it's safe to just be with people and you don't get the constant. Yeah. My dog died, so I know just how you feel. Well, and the, and the biggest thing is that, that, that those explanations are about control. And the hard yeah. thing about suffering is that we don't under, like, we're, in many of these cases, we're never really going to understand why. No. Or the why that we get is not something that we want to understand. Like, the why is like, why did that happen? Well, it's because you didn't do what you were supposed to do. Or because other people who have no relation to you made choices that have nothing to do with you, but you bore the consequences. Yep. Why did this drunk driver kill my mom? Because they made bad choices. Did it have anything to do with your mom? No. Is God punishing you? No. no. Then why did it happen? It's not fair. No, it's not fair. No, it's not. Yeah. But 
uh, we want to control the situation. So we try to come up with an explanation that makes sense to us because we cannot deal with things that are unresolved. And God is constantly saying, there are bigger things going on here than you can comprehend. And what you need to know is that you are not alone. And that is sometimes too too much for us. We we want things to make sense, and when they don't make sense, we say, "Well, then it must be stupid." Like yeah. like the, what's the point? And God has never told us that things will make sense. Right. God has just promised us that it will be okay in the end. Yeah. But in the meantime, God is with us, and in the meantime, God is calling us to be with each other. And so, as you said, Job's friend did exactly exactly what they were supposed to do. Yep. But they hit a point, as we all do. Yep. Where they started to think, well, let's let's try to wrap our minds around this. Let's try to explain this, because we should probably try to. And and maybe what should we do? How should we end this suffering? Maybe we should do something about this. And what we should do is probably uh, l- we should explain why it's Job's fault. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, well, and even that, like yeah. it, it's it, they set up a a formula for how the world works. Mm-hmm. You are okay. Mm-hmm. God doesn't punish people unnecessarily, so you must have done something wrong. Mm-hmm. Like that formula is flawed. Yeah, but that's the only thing they can come up with that yeah. makes sense of it. Like, and, and it's it's important to say that this doesn't free us from responsibility. Like, right. one could take this logic and be like, well, climate change isn't real because like suffering just happens. Like, no, we do have responsibility. We are we do we do a lot of the suffering happens because of our own action, but yeah. not all of the suffering does. Like we can do everything right and suffering still happens. We can do everything right and people still get cancer. Yeah. We can do everything right and hurricanes still happen. Like we, like part of the natural world is suffering and there, there is a reason why that happens and that is not because God desires punishment or God desires people to pay for things or God desires people to be held accountable. Uh, like the, the God desires for people to be okay. Yeah. And God desires that we wouldn't hurt each other, so there is accountability in that. But but ultimately, God wants us to know that in the end, we're going to be okay. Yeah. But in the meantime, we need to take care of each other. Yeah. And taking care of each other doesn't mean trying to make people feel bad. <laughs> yeah. Like, it, it means just kind of saying, like, yeah, this sucks, but I'm here. Yep. We're all going to be wet. But if we lean up against each other... We'll have to sleep with our heads in the mud. That's yeah. one of my favorite parts of Forrest Gump. That's yeah. Forrest Gump. Bubba saying to, to Forrest, like, you just lean up against me, I'll lean up against you. That way we won't have to sleep with our heads in the mud. Yep. It's just such a great line. It's like we're both going to be wet, but, but we're, as long as we got each other. We can at we'll least to, suffer this little we'll bit go, less. We'll get through this thing together. Yeah. That's why we need people. That's why we need community. Yeah. Is that we need to know, like, yeah, this sucks, but at least we're in it together. Instead of us just pretending like, no, my life's fine. I, I can do this. Uh, and if, if something bad's happening, it's because I just have made a mistake and I either need to hide that mistake and not make you think that I'm suffering because I don't want you to judge me or, uh, beat myself up and try to tell myself that uh, if I just did better next time then I can, I can control this. Yeah. Well, on that note, so there is no devil. Nope. Uh, suffering is, is your fault. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And God is good. No matter what, don't question God. Yep. The end. I'm a J. No. Uh, so what are you plugging? Uh, the, well, first off, I do want to lean back into the unresolved nature of this. We, uh, if we've done our job as the book of Job, mm-hmm. you have more questions than you did at the beginning of this. Yeah. But what this is ultimately saying, the, the thing to take comfort in that Job is asked to take comfort in is that God loves you, that God is good, that we do not understand why things are happening. Nope but that we need to just trust that God loves us. And that does seem like uh, turn your brain off, and we're not saying that, but there's a point that we're all going to have to acknowledge that we just aren't going to be able to understand why this stuff is happening, and any explanation that we come up with is not going to be good. And so we just need to... There is a point in all things that you're going to have to trust in something that you can't see. Yeah. And if we believe that God is good and God ultimately wants good for us, then we can we can care for each other in the meantime. Yeah, uh, and that's kind of the promise that God gives us throughout Scripture. There's yeah. not really parts in Scripture that's like if you just believe enough, then everything's gonna be fine. It's no. never the case. Jesus says right away, "You follow me, it's gonna be hard. Yeah, it's gonna be but, rough, but I'll help you. Yeah, I'll be with you. Yeah, no, suffering is like the only guarantee in the Bible. Mm-hmm. So you mm-hmm. know, buckle mm-hmm. up, folks. Well, there's two guarantees: one that we're gonna suffer, and two that we'll be okay in the end. Yeah. And as a, the, a professor said this to me one time, he's quoting somebody else. I don't know who he's quoting, but he said. Uh, they say that everything be, everything ends up all right in the end. And if it's not all right, 
yet, then it's not the end. Yeah. Hang on. Put that right down on your wall. Look at that every day. If it's not all right, it's, it's not, not the, the end. end. Question for Twitter yeah. is... Uh, what has been a season of suffering or difficulty in your life that someone has successfully helped you through? We've talked ah, a lot. Yeah, talked yeah. a lot about bad ways to do yeah. that today, but tell yeah. me a good way that somebody has walked along along with you through that. Yeah, times the community has helped you through things. Yeah, yeah. let's celebrate those. Yeah. yeah. Um, I'm plugging Thinking Putty because I forgot how great back it is. at it. Yeah. The thinking buddy. I have like four or five cans somewhere. Yeah. I need to go find them. Yeah. I am going to plug uh, something that we've talked about before in the past, but now's the perfect time to do it as we're just past Halloween. Now's the time when Halloween candy's on discount. Yeah. Now's the time to get the best of the ratios you of know, the peanut butter cup. I think in previous episodes I fought you on this. Reese's peanut butter cup? No. It's the, it's the pumpkin. It's the pumpkin. Reese's Followed peanut butter closely pumpkin. closely by the egg. Yeah, so this is the season, as as all all of the best of our foodstuffs have seasons. Yes. Like strawberry season and things like that, sweet corn. There is a Reese's Peanut Butter Cup season. It's right now. And it starts from uh, the beginning of September through the end of March. Yeah. Is, is the prime season <laughs> for Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. Because first you get the Reese's Peanut Butter Pumpkin. Yep. Which is the perfect ratio yep. of peanut butter to chocolate. We'll hear no others. And the, you go right from that into the Reese's Peanut Butter Tree. tree. Which is a fine ratio. Yeah. It's, it's the least of these. It's the right formula. It's yeah. just... It's it's just it's shaped like an arrow. Yeah, it's shaped like a weird non-tree looking thing. It's like a, <laughs> it's a weird arrow, but it's fine. Yeah. It's it's pretty good. And but then you go right from that. Uh, there may be a little bit of a gap in January. Yeah, it depends. But then you get the egg comes on closer. Like that's the one benefit of the early onset of Christmas and Easter stuff. Yep. is that we get an almost unbroken. Especially if you if you right now kind of stock up. Yep. on some. Like the discount Reese's peanut, butter. go quickly because those ones don't stick around in the in the discount very no. long. But get the get as many Reese's peanut butter pumpkins as you can, and stockpile them and ration them out like once one a day or something like that, or one every couple of days. That'll carry you through until you get enough trees, and then stockpile the trees yep. because those will go on discount on September or December twenty sixth. And then you need a, a big, pretty big stockpile to get you through to, to March Easter. to Easter. Yeah. Uh, and then the Easter season, you got the eggs. Which it's is also a great ratio. If you opened up my middle desk drawer right now, mm-hmm. it is stem to stern filled <laughs> with the Reese's pumpkins right uh, now. The pumpkins are so great. Stem so to great. stern. Just the whole drawer is dedicated to yeah. the pumpkin. So big fat plug for the Reese's peanut yeah. butter pumpkin. The best of the ratios. Yes. The and as we talked in the past, it's not real peanut butter. Who cares? It's basically peanut butter fudge. Because you get the Reese's peanut butter that comes in the jar and it's garbage. Uh... But I highly recommend that. I also uh, highly recommend the movie Dune. It is definitely yeah. on HBO Max right now. See it many times. You can go see it in the theater. It's the best. Read the book. Watch the movie. Blow your mind. High recommend. Dune. Perfect. Directed by Danny Bellanew. Starring Timothy Chalamet. Yes. And a man, Oscar Isaac and Jason Momoa. It's just just a great, great all around. That's, that's a it. winning cast Go all, see from, all by itself. June, read the books, uh, all six of them. Yeah. They're harder and harder to read and super nerdy, but read them. Excellent. Well, I've been Jay. And I've been Tyler, and I'm 42. And send me <laughs> send me a, uh, send me some, <laughs> some music if you haven't already. And this has been Rubbing the, the Passer. Bye-bye. Bye. In the mic, in the mic. <laughs> oh my goodness, right in the mic. <laughs> right. I'm going to have to edit it. that one out you because said. that is too big. Yeah. All right, so <laughs> I love it when people sneeze.